1: To the Trade gods. What's going on, Player Profiler Faithful? It's your boy Jason, and we've got the Trade Gods coming to you right now, and today I am joined by a very special guest, the one, the only, Matt Babbage, taking a break from the round table, hopping on over to the Gods table. How you feeling, my friend?
2: Feeling great! It's always a pleasure to come on the Trade Gods podcast. I mean, I think I've been on either two or three times, and and each mm-hmm. time it's just been an absolute blast. So, you know, obviously, Miss Maddie, you know, hope yeah. he's hope he's doing well on this fine Wednesday. But happy to join you, Jason, to talk some dynasty trades for the good people today.
1: Yeah, and for everyone listening, our our friend, you know, the Trade God brethren, our our good friend, you know, the host of this show, Maddie Kiwum, he is in a very great move right now he is moving with his family to a Ooh. bigger place so he'll have a nice a nicer studio little setup next time we see him so it's all very exciting stuff wish him the best while moving that's never fun but what comes after the move is definitely fun as you set up all the new stuff and get situated it's it's, it's a fun part of life
2: absolutely i thought you were about to say that that our good friend is is still in the running for scott fishbowl 13 champion he is he is One of the few player profiler members left, but it's, uh, I know my team, I I didn't make, did you make the playoffs? I didn't make the playoffs. I did. I did.
1: I'm still alive too. I'm still kicking. So both got. we're still kicking.
2: The (laughs) fact that I get, I got what I deserve. I put my season on Deshaun Watson. I got what I deserved. I got what what I
1: deserved. I know
2: what I got myself into. (laughs) At least you can admit it, right? I I said at the draft, I was like, I'm either I'm either going a long way or I am not making the playoffs. All right, it's all right. But I mean go we, ahead, go went, ahead. we went nine and one in our last ten, but Woo! still couldn't that's how bad our start was. Yeah. Nine and yeah. one out of our last ten, and we did not hit the thirteen game threshold.
1: <laughs> wow, so you went nine and one really without Deshaun.
2: Yeah, team the team randomly caught fire. I had Stafford <laughs> and Baker, so it's not like there I was know. But there is, you know, anyway, this isn't a Scott Fishbowl show.
1: <laughs> no no trading allowed in Scott Fishbowl, unfortunately. One day, one day, Scott Fish, if you're listening, somehow figure out how to make trading. I don't know how you do it. I understand it's a whole tournament thing. But hey, you know, us trade gods want some trading going on at the Scott Fishbowl. But as you've said, that's not what we're here for. We're here to break down some trades. And it is now heading into week 14. The season has flown by. I- in a blink of an eye we are now here at week 14 we've got just a few more weeks ahead of us and for most leagues we are heading into the playoffs so this isn't hey pick up this player to help you make the playoffs this is get this player to help you in the playoffs and we're also going to talk about a player that you need to ditch before the year ends this is it the 2023 is the last time they will have this value and on the opposite end in honor of maddie Kiwum, going back to the game plan game a bag of tricks going into the bargain bin currently right now, 2023 bargains that will not be so cheap in 2024. So all that and more coming up on the trade gods before we get into that, but we need to hear from bet openly. Check them out.
0: Hey, so many ask me what's wrong with sports books. Why so many of them fail? The answer is simple. They don't innovate. They're just casino sports books on a phone. That's all they've been. There are a few that are doing a good job. We partner with them. Most of them, not so much. Until BetOpenly came along. BetOpenly said, hey, we're going to innovate. We're going to do something groundbreaking. We're going to have peer-to-peer betting in all states. And you pay 1%. When you win, you pay just 1% on your winnings. You heard that right. It's 1%. With Code Underworld, you qualify for just that 1% transaction fee on BetOpenly. It gives you ultimate flexibility to set your own lines and browse lines that others have set. Think about it. That's what betting should be. And now that is the reality. BetOpenly.com. The code is Underworld. Check it out.
1: Definitely go check out our friends at BetOpenly. Some great stuff. You can find some of the best odds and lines over there. Uh, And, you know, there's no house advantage or anything like that. So go check that out today.
2: Now. You get the chance to put your money where your mouth is. You know, people who are. In the Twitter mentions, you know our our guys, Ahan Runkta, Trevor yep. Tipton, uh, Billy Muzio, Podfather. I I'm I'm missing some others, but Player Profiler's finest is betting on Bet Openly every yep. week. So you you know if you think that you're you're smarter than the guys you know on on Twitter, start smarter than the big boys, you know put your money up
1: on yep. Bet Openly. Yeah, I mean, like, because these people are creating their own lines. It's some really, really cool stuff that they're going on out there. They can say, hey, I think this, you can come challenge me if you disagree. A really great platform. So go check that out. But we're here to talk about some trades. And the first category we've got for you tonight is some players to ditch before the year ends. I'm going to go ahead, before we get into going player by player, I did want to give the players that we will be talking about. I'm going to be talking about Austin Eckler. Matt Babbage, you've got yourself some Keaton Mitchell action. And I shot Matt Kiwum with text. I was like, hey, these are the categories we're going to talk about. I know you're not showing up tonight, but I know you want to give the people some advice. So he's saying to go ahead and get rid of your Texans running backs uh, before it's too late, as he believes their value is going to change. So, Matt, I'm going to throw it to you. Why is Keaton Mitchell someone you need to get rid of?
2: I got a little phrase for you. It's three right. words. Return on investment this oh, wow. was he was nothing his value was nothing yep and now he is rb 27 per our consensus check of keep trade cut that is about as sweet of a deal as you can get with a player like keaton mitchell yep. and the hype is fun he's a fun player to root for he's on a fun team to watch a, a yep. run heavy team but The odds of Keaton Mitchell increasing his value from RB27 are slim to none. And if you get the opportunity to pick up a fourth, fifth-round pick in your rookie drafts, maybe an undrafted free agent, and flip him for a third, a second, whatever it might be, you take that every day of the week. Because then you're getting more solidified assets in the future that are of a higher probability to break out and and be a you know a, an elite dynasty cornerstone asset, and so Keaton Mitchell. When I was scrolling through the consensus rankings, it just stuck out like a sore thumb. Like RB twenty seven, he hasn't had a had a, he hasn't logged a game with more than ten carries this season yet. And there's a lot that's a lot of hype for somebody who hasn't gotten a lot of run in the NFL, isn't the starter on his own team, and even next year the incumbent starter J.K. Dobbins will be returning. Now, his health is a big question mark, but yeah. the point is there's a lot of people cannibalizing touches in the Baltimore backfield, Lamar Jackson included.
1: Yes. <laughs> it just
2: makes a lot of sense if you can get out. It it, it feels like the value is because of the end-of-season RB wasteland. Mm-hmm. And if this were all happening in September, he wouldn't be Dynasty RB27, but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, feels like right now is the perfect time to sell on Keaton Mitchell, especially if you're not a contender. There's no point in there's no point in holding on to him if you're not a contender.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Keaton Mitchell is a very strange character to have popped out, you know, at this point of the season. And I mean, it makes sense. We've had the hype build from players similar to him, Devon Achan, for example. Uh, and now the Ravens backfield, you mentioned J.K. Dobbins. It's basically open. I mean, Gus Edwards scoring touchdowns, but Keaton Mitchell's been the fun, explosive player that everyone's latching onto. But you've mentioned it. It's cluttered. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got Gus Edwards. You've got Justice Hill. You've got Keaton Mitchell. And sure, Keaton Mitchell's a really good football player. I mean, we've seen some good plays from him, some explosiveness. But I think I'm with you here in that you can definitely get a much better return than than what you're going to get fantasy football production-wise, especially as we start looking to 2024 and this team is completely different next year. Uh, And to add to that, you can use this opportunity where everyone talks about with rookies, coming out of the bye week, they're about to get an uptick. And the week going into the bye week, Keaton Mitchell actually out-touched everyone. It was close. He had like 11 touches to nine touches to six touches. But still, you can use that as an argument to get off Keaton Mitchell. And so we have dug into the player profiler discord for this one. We saw a trade. This is from MJC21. He traded Keaton Mitchell, a 2024 second and a 2024 fifth and got Alvin Camara in a 12 team superflex half PPR league. That's that was- how you yeah. do
2: trades. That yep. is how you do trades. I was on, last time I was on this podcast, it was you, Seth and myself and Alvin Camara was another subject of a trade and my opinion yeah. stays firm. If you can yeah. get Alvin Kamara in a trade, it's more than likely a good trade. Uh, so you're getting the RB4. I would be the first to tell you he's probably going to be in a top 12 RB next season. As long yeah. as the oh, yeah. in New Orleans stays the same. Yeah, And you get him for a undrafted free agent, fourth, fifth round rookie pick. And a late second and a fifth. This is obviously a contender, trading for yeah. this. So back second round pick and a fifth with Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Team B got got sauced on this one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm on the Kamara side for sure, and so is the Player Profiler Trade Analyzer, favoring the Alvin Kamara side by 16 points. So it feels a little closer. I did want to say that uh, it in on Discord they did mention these are late seconds. I didn't really want to put like a, you know, the second and a 10, 11. Like I didn't want to pick a second. So I just put second. So that could, you know, be valued a little bit higher. Yeah. It won't swing it too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think even swing it even more in the Alvin Kamara favor uh, on the trade analyzer. And I mean, I'm with you. Alvin Kamara to me. uh, And we look at his stats right now. He's number one in target share with 21.1%. He's number one in targets with 69. Nice. He's number one in receptions with 60. Getting 6.7 receptions a game. And he's number one in expected fantasy points per game. Turning that into 20.9 fantasy points per game right now. Nothing slowing down. He's killing it. And you already mentioned he's probably still going to be top 12 next season. I do want to ask you this question about Alvin Kamara. Because we agree wholeheartedly that Alvin Kamara's side of the trade is winning here. Why isn't Alvin Kamara considered in the realm of Derrick Henry, of Austin Eckler, of Christian McCaffrey? Why why not?
2: I would – I don't know. I I mean, obviously, obviously age 28 has something to do with it, but truly the way I recall it is his value cratered with the legal situation. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it has—it still has never recovered. Yeah, it has. And it, it clearly doesn't make any sense to me because it doesn't matter who's quarterbacking this offense. Alvin Kamara is going to command targets. And like you said, six receptions a game, 20 fantasy points per game. I mean, he's been doing this over and over and over again. And then if, if I remember correctly, 2021 or 2022, 2021. Was a bad year for Kamara, if I remember correctly, and there was you know this yeah. weird year where he wasn't getting he wasn't getting the receptions, and they were force feeding him more runs, and that's not his game, so he wasn't looking very good, and so I think it's the the, the culmination of of that the expected RB decay after their AJ pecs. and mm-hmm. then you know the legal situation that all just compounded his value further and further and further down, and you know I'm looking at the list of Running backs here on Keep Trade Cut. So Kamara's 20. I'm going to list these running backs going up, and I want you to tell me when we stop favoring Alvin Kamara and Dynasty. Okay. Brian Robinson. Kamara. Zach Charbonnet. Kamara. David Montgomery. Kamara. It's cl- It's getting closer. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Tony Pollard. I think I'm going to have to
1: go Tony Pollard, but that's a whole other subject right now.
2: Right. So that's kind of where we draw the line then RB 16, RB 15. That's the reason why he's not in the, in the CMC Derrick Henry tier, because we, I, we haven't been able to get him above, you know, Tony Pollard at RB 16, or I I think I might still favor Kamara over Javante Williams at RB 15. But then we go Rashad, Rashad white. I might, I might honestly, I might say
1: Kamara, but that's just, we'll talk about later in the show. I believe Rashad white got involved in a trade. We'll be discussing, but I don't know if he's going to continue being the bell Cow in Tampa. He probably has one more season there, I guess. I don't know. I, I still haven't just decided my feel on the longevity. Whereas Alvin Kamara, I feel like at least next two seasons, still like that guy in New yeah. Orleans.
2: So I think this is the this that is ranks, the important though. this is the importance of having a strategy baked into dynasty rankings. And that's what player profiler does so well. Because yep. if I had their page loaded, I don't right now. But we could go and see the difference between Win Now, Neutral, and Rebuild rankings, and I'd be willing to bet uh, all of my money that Kamara is ranked above Zach Charbonnet and Brian Robinson in oh, yeah. Win Now Dynasty ranking. So that's Definitely. the importance of having a stance too. So you know, being in, in a neutral mindset, Kamara is not super far off at RB twenty. I do have one more question to ask you about Keaton Mitchell before we move on. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So Keaton Mitchell's listed between a mid-second and early second. So Keaton Mitchell or Keon Coleman slash Mika Buka next year.
1: Be totally honest with you. Haven't done enough research, but knowing how these things go just in terms of rookie picks and rookie running backs in general, I'm going to go with those guys over Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Just because, I mean, people get hyped just in general. Like regardless of how good those players turn out to be in the NFL, You can draft those players that time next season during your rookie draft and more than likely go trade them for three Keaton Mitchells.
2: Right, yeah. And like this year's (laughs) equivalent would have been like Jaden Reed, like Jaden Reed or Keaton Mitchell long-term. Right, Reed.
1: Right. And I mean, I I don't know. I do do want to say about Keaton Mitchell, I think he will have a role here in the Ravens offense. I mean, he's still an explosive athlete, but it's not going to be someone that you can rely on week to week. We're starting to see which is very interesting to me. We're starting to see boomer bust move away from wide receivers and almost land into this running back territory here where we're having some running backs have some smash weeks and then some absolute floors. And that used to only be present really in the wide receivers, but we're seeing a switch here, which speaking of, I have another running back that I want to get rid of here. And mine's Austin Eckler. Uh, it's just been a rough go for Austin Eckler, especially the last few weeks. Uh, you can look at really everything but I'm going to highlight a few stats here. Austin Eckler in 2022 had an 18.9 target share and was averaging 6.3 receptions a game. This season, it's gone down to 14.8% target share and averaging 3.4 receptions per game. So in terms of the receptions per game, cut almost in half, which is not what you want to see, especially in PPR leagues. And, And not just that, his effectiveness as a runner. He had 4.8 evaded tackles per game last year and was number one in both points per game and expected points per game, bringing in 21.9 points per game total. This year, 2.7 evaded tackles per game. So again, just about half the amount of explosiveness he was last season. Has the third highest expected points per game. So we're still expecting Austin Eckler to do a ton. But he's taken those third most expected points per game and turned it into the 15th most points per game which is just negative expected points added it's not good it shows that his effectiveness is gone and he's only averaging 14.3 points per game which of course is not that bad uh if if you were getting four point fourteen point three every single week but really that's compounded because he's had three less than 10 point games the last few weeks with 20 point games before that and he's looking sluggish too like you can go watch some of his runs for the last few weeks and he just does not look like the austin eckler that he used to be so I'm just looking to ditch him especially if I'm not contending now I know if you're not contending you've moved on from him but I do think that contenders especially will be looking at Austin Eckler he's got a pretty good playoff schedule coming up for him uh, as someone that can throw him over throw teams over the top for their championship so I'm just looking to move on from him because I mean he's 29 his contract's almost up he already had that dispute this season what team's going to take a chance on him I just don't see him having that much value in 2024 uh, Matt, do you have anything that you feel about Austin Eckler before I show off a trade involving him? He's
2: twenty eight point five. All right, relax okay. on the twenty nine. <laughs> um, I want to agree with you when I first okay. saw your entry. First of all, Eckler popped into my head when I, you know, thought nice. when I saw the show sheet, and then you know he was also listed on the show sheet. So I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, I kind yep. of agree with that. But then I, I can't help but fear that this inefficiency is due to the high ankle sprain. Uh, It's possible. It's it's definitely possible. It's, it's also could be very likely that, you know, he is deteriorating and he's becoming less effective. And maybe there's, you know, some sort of combination of both, you know, the high ankle injury late in your career, you know, maybe that's not something, you know, you come back to, but Eckler's always kind of been a, a health freak in, in, Maybe, you know, sometimes given a a slight injury prone label, but a durable back over the course of his career. He had 16 carries, four receptions for 164 yards and a touchdown, 26 fantasy points, RB two on the week in week one versus Miami, getting a less than 60% snap share because of his ankle injury in the third quarter. Ah, and, and I'm torn. If I'm an, if I'm holding Austin Eckler and I'm a contender, I'm likely trying to get a trade to somebody, another contender who believes in him, where I can get some short-term assets that I think are going to put me over the top. Because where I will agree with you is that I don't think Eckler is going to be any sort of league winner for fantasy teams this season. Okay. So if I am a contender and I do have the ability to get Eckler off my roster in terms of, or in exchange for, some better short-term assets, I'm absolutely doing it. But in terms of just kind of thinking in a standard three-year window, I'm I'm hesitant to trade away next year's RB4 because I, I got scared of, it, of, a, of an injury.
1: That's fair. And so I guess, and this is an important topic just in general, especially when we talk about fantasy football trading in general. Just because you trade a player away doesn't necessarily mean you can't get them back. So Matt, you might be someone who would be selling Austin Eckler, right now and then looking to buy him in just a couple weeks maybe potentially yeah
2: i do uh it's funny that you say that my my dad in in his first dynasty league he traded away brandon iuk mm-hmm. and then a couple of weeks after he started doing well he's like man i i really regret trading for brandon iuk
1: mm-hmm. and a few
2: weeks go by and he just every time we talked he just kept saying like ah, i just i can't believe i traded iuk yep. and one day i get a notification on my phone and i was like He traded for Ayuk again. (laughs) He just traded for him right back a few weeks later, and that was a year and a half ago. So sometimes that can pay off because Brandon Ayuk's value has skyrocketed this year. But
1: yeah, definitely, definitely. So I did have some names I wanted to talk about before I show off the trade. These are some names I was looking at our rankings that are actually below Austin Eckler that you might be able to get a cherry on top that I personally like. You know, I'm not. You know, this is just a Jason thing. But Mike Evans. And then we'll get a little, I'll name a few that I actually really like and then some questionable ones. So Mike Evans, Kyle Pitts, Jaden Reed, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Roshan Johnson, Dallas Goddard, Pat Fryermuth. I feel like you could get a nice cherry on top to get him in terms of our dynasty rankings. And if you want to get a really, really sneaky with it, there are a couple quarterbacks and superflex that are below him. Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett. Now, I don't want to get into it too much, but if you want to take a risk and get a nice cherry on top, those would be some quarterbacks that are fun to target, but I I definitely get it. Yeah, we're getting the stink. We're getting the stink look from that, which is totally, totally fair. Uh, Our trade analyzer, by the way, has Austin Eckler ranked about the 111 in rookie drafts. So I think if you get a second and a nice cherry on top, that's probably where I'd put it. You think they're about end of first?
2: Oh yeah. If I can if I can sell Austin if, if I'm definitely not contending and I can sell Austin Eckler for a 111 I do it in a heartbeat.
1: Cool. So this is the trade. Austin Eckler sent straight up for Mike Evans. How do you feel about it?
2: Uh I am Mike one of Mike Evans biggest fans throughout okay. his entire career. Uh I had him on my fantasy team his rookie season and I've tried to get him on a lot of my fantasy teams throughout his 10 year career and I firmly believe that he's got another three years of this in him. He hasn't really been hindered by injuries in a couple of seasons. He's fought through whatever QB is put behind him. And the hope is at least that the quarterback for the Buccaneers is at no worst Baker Mayfield for the next three seasons. Yeah. I think you're going to get Baker for another year in Tampa. I think he's played well enough well enough <laughs>
1: yeah no I, i'm with you i like i really was hoping they would give kyle trask a chance just i mean they sent they spent a second on him but i mean baker mayfield is doing like just enough to not move away i
2: think this is i, I think this is what they think of kyle trask i think that they're communicating what they think of kyle trask Definitely. for not getting giving him a chance by now He he probably doesn't have it um i mean i for one thought that was a bit of a stretch pick when they made it but they're going to try again at quarterback. I would, I would assume they're going to be a second round quarterback type of team, not a first round quarter. They're going to not going to be yeah. in the position to take a first round quarterback. Uh, but yeah, Mike, Mike Evans, he's he's had the long term security in my opinion, and he's got the the right side of the age for his position.
1: Definitely, yeah. We talked about this on the last Trade Gods episode, I believe, maybe a couple ago. Uh, but I mean, Mike Evans is only thirty, and I put the emphasis on only. That's not crazy old for wide receiver of course it's up there but when we talk about anomalies like mike evans who has 10 straight 11 or 10 straight thousand yard seasons i mean he's gonna be able to be kicking for a while i mean we've seen some hall of fame caliber wide receivers play past they were 35 so i agree with you wholeheartedly that we have i mean three more seasons of mike evans probably i saw a video he was uh, shown by you know whoever the buccaneer social media producer is uh a video of him crossing the thousand yards again and Mike Evans was like, I feel like I'm playing the best ball of my career. Uh, like, you know, like still like still feeling like he's got it. He definitely still has it based on I mean, he has 18.5 points per game, which is number seven amongst wide receivers right now. So I, I'm with you on the Mike Evans side for sure. I think that's a great piece and an undervalued piece as well. Let's go ahead and remind the listeners that our Matty says to get rid of these Texans running backs before it's too late. And then now move on to the players that we believe you need to target for the playoffs. These are the people who are going to help you win your playoff matchups. I'm going to be talking about Nico Collins. Matt, you've got some Cortland Sutton and Christian Watson. And then our very own Matty Kiwoom is looking to get Jackson Smith in Jigba. Oh, really before it's too late. The buy window is closing so fast for Jackson Smith and Jigba. That is right around the corner. You do not have much longer to buy him. So definitely agreeing with him there especially as we saw last week's kind of breakout performance from him. But Matt, I'll throw it to you. Uh, Who do you want to talk about first? Cortland Sutton, Christian Watson?
2: I'll do Sutton first. So he is wide receiver 44 on keep trade cut. Wide receiver 44, Mm -hmm. despite being 28 years old, just turned 28 years old. He's at his age apex, wide receiver 24 on the season. But 44 on keep trade cuts. That discrepancy right there tells me. Now, Sutton isn't a top 24 receiver in Dynasty. But he's got top 24 outlook next season. And he's got top 24 outlook this season after that. So he's probably closer to the mid-30s than the mid-40s. So you can get a little value on top of Courtland Sutton there. And he's the clear number one in this offense. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that at this point. He's running all of the routes. He's getting most of the targets. He's proving his value to Denver every week. There were talks about trading Sutton and then Sutton started producing. And then the talk shifted fully to Judy. We haven't heard a Courtland Sutton trade rumor all season. And so the likely scenario is that Jerry Judy is gone now, insert Marvin Mims, who we'll talk about later. Yes, we But, Court, but Cortland Sutton will remain the, the first look in that offense, and he's clearly Wilson's favorite first read. Yeah. And 128.4 QBR when targeted for Russell Wilson, number four in the league. Sutton's Perfect. making Russell Wilson look good. So Cortland yeah. Sutton's going to keep getting the ball. And so if yeah. you can get a, a top 24 receiver in Dynasty for the rest of the season – for wide receiver, 40 prices, then I think that's just a smash play. I I don't know if you can necessarily get that value because sharper dynasty managers will understand, look, you're getting a short-term rental out of Cortland Sutton. So he's not really valued this low. He's actually valued, you know, up here, Mm -hmm. but you know, 90% of leagues aren't necessarily like that. You know, the, the, the average league is not necessarily like that. So see what you can get for Cortland Sutton and, you know, pull the trigger if the value's right.
1: Yeah, Cortland Sutton's one of those players that I've never, like, w- like wanted too much, but he always just gets it done. Like, Like, no matter what, he gets you those fantasy points, and so I think he's a great player to target, because for the most part, he's sitting in someone's lineup, and they're never over the top about Cortland Sutton. He's like the definition of a guy you put into your lineup because you trust him, but you're never expecting too much, and those players are cheap to acquire, which this is... This one is what he went for in a league, a 2024 20, second. Now this was a 14-teamer standard scoring, so not PPR. He went for a second round pick. Uh this was found on the player profiler trade finder, so it doesn't say if it's late or early. But I'll ask you this, just standard second. Say it's 206. Where you where are you siding on that?
2: Yeah, I I think I'm there. Uh okay. I, I think I would take that's that's close to the value. So I would say. Mid second is, is, is pretty much right on value right now. And, and I would do that. Absolutely. Cause you just got, I mean, return on investment. If you can get a you, 2024 second pick gets you a championship. You do it. You sell yeah. your soul for it. Look at the Rams. It's worth yeah. it. No, definitely. I'm with you. If I'm
1: competing, I am sending my second for Cortland side. Uh, if I'm not competing, I want a second. So I think that that's perfect. Right. I mean that, that, this is a deal. That can very easily get done. This second round pick sent for Cortland Sutton, and he's going to be able to put you over the top in a position where uh, most leagues now have, you know, these wide receiver premiums. And, you know, you're running two running backs and like four wide receivers on your roster and Cortland Sutton fits in perfectly for a cheap price. And I mean, if you're contending your second, isn't even this mid second that we're saying is a fair price. We're talking about the two twelve. hopefully if this trade works out for you. So I'm definitely with you there. The player i wanted to talk about here is nico collins and uh first things first i'm a michigan stan little fanboy here so been, been been excited for nico collins for long enough finally some michigan producer other than mr tom brady does something in the nfl uh you know coming at the cost of an ohio state quarterback but it is what it is we have nico collins here who now has back-to-back games of over 20 points and on the season has two 30 plus pointers Uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic season from him in terms of some ceiling games. He has a 27.6, a 35.8, a 23.4, a 34.1. And in this game where tank Dell unfortunately picked up a season ending injury, he had 12 targets, brought in nine of them for 191 yards and a touchdown. He's top 10 in points per game, yards per reception, yards per route, run yards per target, expected points added and his points per target versus man, suggesting that he just knows how to man up on these cornerbacks, really, really boss up these players. And I mean, it's turning into fantasy production with that injury going his way. I think you need to be targeting Nico Collins. I will add a caveat. Uh, They do, I believe, play the Jets this week, which of course puts him against Sauce Gardner. You might be able to press the brakes a little bit, wait till Monday and get him for an even cheaper price than he would be today but that's if you're feeling a little risky. I mean, sometimes these good players are still going to be able to do well against good corners. Uh, But I think Nico Collins, just in general, someone you should get. Uh, I would be using these players uh, that are below him in dynasty rankings to target him. Uh, So you might have to add something or maybe get it done one for one. But Drake London, T. Higgins, Devontae Adams, Javante Williams, Josh Jacobs, and Cooper Cup, all below him in dynasty rankings. I think that I would, you know, use those players to try to get him right now, especially if you're contending, trying to get over the top here. And then some players that are actually above him in Superflex Dynasty rankings that I think you could get Nico Collins plus for Sam Howell, Deshaun Watson, Chris Olave, Bryce Young, Jalen Waddle, Puka Nakua, Brandon Ayuk, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, DeAndre Swift, Stefan Diggs and Rashad White. Now, I mean, those are some really spicy names there. So a lot of times it's going to come down to what that plus is. But those are some of the players I would maybe be looking to offload to get yourself some Nico Collins. Anything you'd like to add before I show off what he went for in a
2: trade? Yeah, not really. I love Nico Collins. You know, I was wrong about him as a prospect. He's really shined this year. And with Tank Dell out for the rest of the season, he's going to be, you know, the alpha in the in the offense. The first read, he's going to be getting the air yards. He's going to be getting the yep. target shares. He's going to be getting the red zone targets. So it's all wheels up for Nico Collins. And you you want to get him before you you get the full game without him. You know, so like you said, you know, be willing to to risk it a down game against the Jets a little bit to you know make sure you you secure him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So this is the trade.
1: Jalen Hurts in a two-quarterback full PPR league was traded for Jahan Dotson, Nico Collins, James Cook, and a 2024 first. I'm assuming this is an early first. Um, how do you feel when you just look at it in general?
2: Just win, baby. Jalen Hurts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm Winner. with you. I'm with you. I know Winner. I'm talking about buying Nico Collins, but Winner. it's Jalen Hurts. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, it's, it's Jalen hurts, but yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't love the package there. Uh, I, I, I think Jalen hurts is worth more in a two QB league, but that speaks to, I'm down on Jahan Dotson and Mm -hmm. James cook. While I love James cook, he's still a, you know, 20 RB 20 to 24 seasonal back with some uncertainty in the next three seasons. So that just kind of scares me. That's not really an asset as I mean, clearly you're rebuilding if you're shipping out Jalen hurts. And so as a rebuilding team, acquiring a premium asset like James cook, you're, you're just going to see a rapid decline in value by the time you're competing. And then Jahan Dotson I'm down on. So it just, it's underwhelming for me. Uh, If I, if I acquired Jalen hurts for that haul in a trade, I'd be ecstatic.
1: I'll ask before I go into some stuff about these players. If this is the one one the number one overall pick next year, say it's Caleb Williams, say he lands somewhere, not the New England Patriots. Does that sway you at all?
2: Hmm.
1: The one oh it's Caleb Williams. No, so the first is Caleb
2: Williams.
1: Yeah. Or just you know it's the one on one if that isn't who you want but say
2: okay. it is. Sure yeah. Now we're now we're talking trade. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still I'll take Jalen. I, I mean. Okay. Okay. That's that that's a classic mistake I'll make and then I'll I'll be like yeah everyone laugh at me I'm the idiot who traded away Caleb Williams but it's <laughs> the end of the day you know I have a I have a certain dynasty asset dynasty cornerstone QB two. And yep. I have an unknown. And if I'm competing in the you know within the next three years, I want the known. I don't want to. I don't want a, a Bryce Young situation where Caleb Williams gets stuck in the worst situation imaginable. And yep. understandably, you know, even though he's a great prospect, he still needs a supporting cast and a competent coaching staff mm-hmm. to build him up. You know, that, there's a lot of unknowns with Caleb Williams right now, as much as you want to like him. So if you're contending, it just makes more sense to have Hurts.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you, even if you're not It's a contending.
2: trade even, though, I think. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's where this trade makes a little bit more sense, is, is if it's the 101 or maybe the 102, just like one or top three, like if you want to say it's Marvin Harrison Jr. and Drake May. Uh, but even then, I mean, it's still, I'm with you. I'm going to side with Hurts here. Uh, You mentioned being down on Jahan. I'm with you there. I mean, he's only had one 20-point game despite having four touchdowns and number two in routes run. I mean, he's out there, but he's not getting anything. So he's not very good. And James Cook, you mentioned him being like basically a perennial RB2, 24 in points per game, only 29th in expected points per game. So, yeah, he's a bit more explosive than expected, uh, but still there is some uncertainty coming ahead, and he's just not doing enough. I will say with Joe Brady, he's been doing a bit better but I do think those question marks make him a little less valuable than this trade might suggest. Let's go to one of my favorite players in the entire NFL. You put this name on the show sheet. It wasn't me, but Christian Watson, big dog himself. Why are you targeting him for the playoffs?
2: First of all, let me announce to the public. I'm back after, after one podcast of admitting defeat on Christian Watson, We immediately resurrected. We gave up hope literally the week before Thanksgiving. We, Seth, and about it. Seth and I talked about it on on the podcast. We're like, "Oh, Seth is just gloating like you're wrong about Christian Watson." I was like, "I know, I know." Everyone laugh at me, and then I traded him in in one of my main leagues for for Gus Edwards. Which, wow, dude! Obviously, I regret. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I regret. At yeah. the time, Tony Pollard was, eh, Roshan Johnson was unplayable. Chuba Hubbard was unknown. So I, you know, it, it made sense in the moment, but it's just not looking good now. But Christian Watson is who we thought he was. Yeah. He just had to recover for some health issues, and that's why on the show sheet I put pending health issues. So we don't yeah. really have a lot of information on his hamstring. I'm actually going to see if there's an update. There is not an update. Uh, on sleeper for Watson's hamstring. So I haven't seen one. If he's healthy, if he's going to be suiting up next week, he has a lethal playoff schedule. Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers. They just get to, they get to play the NFC South,
0: right? Carolina <laughs> and
2: Minnesota to, to, to round out the season. So he has four piss poor secondaries that yeah. he's going up against in these last four games. And over the last three weeks, 10, 20 and 27, fantasy points seven plus targets in three of those games two weeks in a row now with 70 plus receiving yards three straight weeks with a touchdown and we saw the two touchdown performance in his short or you know, three quarters of the Kansas City game this is what we were waiting for yes. and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel lucky you know it doesn't no. feel like a random stretch of of performance Jordan Love is out there dealing and I say this as a previous Jordan Love hater, but damn it, he is balling, and I'm into it. And yeah. <laughs> you could see this Packers team, this Packers offense come together week after week after week. They've, they've looked better and better and better and better in the passing game. They're trusting Jordan Love more and more and more. He's getting more comfortable. He's not missing those easy throws he was missing in the first few weeks. So I'm all aboard. You know, this is what I wanted to see in there in the beginning of the year. And unlike you know Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, at least I saw it. At least it's happening, and it's and it's progressed after their bye week. And that's what's important to me. There was a significant period in time where that offense started trending in the right direction, and it's been happening for weeks now. So I'm all aboard the Christian Watson train.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I have nothing to add here besides the fact I just love Christian Watson. You could go look at his player profiler player page right now and it nothing really pops off the page except for his workout metrics where he just looks like an insane athlete. I mean, everything's outside of the top 30, but that doesn't matter. As you talked about, he's just scoring fantasy points at an unbelievable rate. We saw it last year. We're seeing it again, plain and simple. Christian Watson is good at football. And if you want someone who's good at football, who's going to score you fantasy points, who's undervalued, Christian Watson is definitely the guy for that. Here is a trade that he went for. I think it's an interesting one. He was traded along with a second round pick for Rashad White. How do you feel when you see this?
2: I'm conflicted because these are two players I love. Yeah. But it just there's something about the uncertainty of running backs and what their backfield is going to look like in the next couple of seasons. Christian Watson is closer to a prototypical alpha receiver than Rashad white is to a prototypical workhorse running back. Yep. And because of that, I'm more confident in Christian Watson being able to adapt to the situation around him and, and get his targets. Plus he's a receiver so he is just already getting more fantasy-relevant opportunities. Now, Rashad White, I think, has another year of being the workhorse that he is right now. Okay. Let's let's paint the scenario of, you know, if I'm getting Rashad White and trading Christian Watson, I am assuming I am a receiver-heavy competitor that needs a running back to win. And in that case, I'm all aboard this trade. And then on Team B's side... I'm assuming I'm somebody who's probably a little out of it, but doesn't have a lot of receiver help. Maybe I'm one of those guys that has, you know, three running backs. You know, maybe I have ETN, Swift and and Derrick Henry or something. And I, I don't need a, I don't need Rashad White, but I need somebody who can give me 25 points in my receiver or flex. That's where Christian Watson and that side of it. So, a team team build has a lot to do with it. Just face value, I would lean Christian Watson.
1: I mean, I'm with you. I'm going to be honest here. It's the second that puts it way over the top for me. Now, if you look at the plate analyzer, it's pretty close. It has it in 23 points towards Christian Watson's favor. But let's be honest here. That 24 second can literally be Rashad White. Like, it just the next equivalent of him. And to also get a wide receiver that has so much potential and explosiveness in Christian Watson. I'm going to do this 10 times out of 10. Give me the Christian Watson in the second time. Of course, I'm biased towards Christian Watson. I I do really, really love him as a player. Uh, But I agree with you in that. Rashad White has some question marks going forward into 2025. And then even in 2024, I still think that there's some potential there for some sort of running back to come in and, and push him at least a tiny bit. And I think any hit towards especially his receiving production would be massive in terms of his fantasy output next season. And so I think that moving Rashad White's not a bad move especially if you can get a potential elite wide receiver like Christian Watson and a fun coupon in that second round pick. Let's remind everyone that also Maddie Kiwon wants to trade for Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I do have a little caveat. He agrees with you here in Cortland Sutton and does want to say that in redraft, he's targeting Jackson Smith and Jigba. And in Dynasty is where he's targeting Cortland Sutton, where, of course, it's going to be even a bit lower just because of his age. I like those moves a lot. Getting those players the final category in honor of the game plan we're digging into the bargain bin for t- for people who are cheap right now 2023 values that will not be cheap going into 2024 i've got jmo you've got marvin mims maddie kewin was of course pulling into his antonio gibson bag of tricks let's hear about marvin mims
2: yeah so with marvin mims i i preluded it earlier This is really about, you know, Jerry Judy leaving and there's the obvious possibility that Denver just rolls the dice again and drafts another receiver Mm -hmm. or drafts a, or sorry, signs a free agent, but lest we not forget that this is the first draft pick that Sean Payton this is the first draft pick that Sean Payton selected for yep. the Denver Broncos in the NFL draft. That means something to a guy like Sean Payton. He's not the type of guy to just dump players around. He he signed Traquan Smith for a little bit when he was on the Broncos. That's how loyal he is to the guys that he likes. Definitely. So Marvin Mims is gonna get his opportunity. And it just so happens that he is a very similar archetype to Jerry Judy. Not in the in the traditional sense, Jerry Judy is a is a pure slot guy. He does play outside, and that's where Marvin Mims differentiates himself. He succeeded playing on the outside in college despite his stature, and mm-hmm. so he, he fits that, that flanker-slot hybrid role pretty well, and he's going to step up next season in my opinion, and, and reality doesn't matter what his route win rate is or what his yards per route run is if he's going to get an 18% target share of the offense next year, 16 to 18% of the Russell Wilson led target share, that's a, that's a healthy sum. And he's going to go up 10, 15 spots in the rankings because he's a playmaker. He, he blocks angrily. He's making special teams plays he's dynamic. He just hasn't gotten a lot of opportunity to run with the first team offense. We've seen a lot of good flashes from him, but for some reason he's just not getting the playing time. And I, I, still believe this is to sh- try and showcase somehow Jerry Judy. If they bench Jerry Judy, they can get nothing for him. And they're they're still going to try and trade Jerry Judy. They do have the opportunity to cut Jerry Judy after 6-1. So I will be willing to bet that Jerry Judy does not make it onto the, the final roster for the Denver Broncos in some way, shape, or form. And that's going to open up a vault of Marvin Mims value. So it doesn't matter what he even does with it. The value yeah. increase is going to happen because of the personnel change. And so now is a great time to get ahead of that because never know what's going to happen across the fantasy playoffs. If you wait to the off season, it could be too late.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you a hundred percent in, in really everything you said. I think Marvin Mims is a great buy. I believe that Jerry Judy is going to be leaving the Broncos next season. And I believe his value is only going to go up. He's right now on player profiler, the wide receiver 43, which I think is an excellent just point in general to target wide receiver values in general go up a lot, especially from that range. There's always someone who takes that massive leap the next season. Nico Collins, as we talked about in the show already. I mean, if you had bought Nico Collins last season, probably within this range or even cheaper. Uh, so I, I love finding some wide receivers here. Now I did want to ask, is there anyone kind of in this range that you're maybe looking to swap for at, uh, because we don't have any trades. I could not find any on the trade finder for any of these players, actually, that, that seemed really worth the salt. So we're just going to make our own
2: good call. I listed some, and then in my monologue, I just, I got lost and I'm like Michael Scott. I just start a sentence and Mm I, I hope I find the end of it (laughs) players I'd swap for. Excuse me, Gabe Davis for Mims plus. Demario Douglas is close, but it might be Demario Douglas plus for Mims. But either way, straight up, I would take that. Uh, Mims for Rashid Shahid. Uh, Dotson for Mims plus. We talked about being low on Jahan Dotson. Romeo Dubs for Mims plus. Absolutely prefer the Mims plus side there. And then uh, Jerome Ford, uh, who's almost on my my players to trade away list. Uh, But Jerome Ford for for Mims Plus, if you're not a contender, you should be trading away uh, Jerome Ford just for for what it's worth.
1: Definitely. I think uh, just as an aside, I do think Nick Chubb will be fine next season, who maybe is a buy, uh, as I I agree with you in trading away Jerome Ford. And I think that all of these targets are some interesting ones. I maybe have a question mark about Rashid Shahid as he's another player I thought about talking for this one. But I just have an archetype, as I talk about here with Jamison Williams. I just like these speedy guys.
2: It is what it is, you know. I, I like him too. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna gamble on you know the sh- shorter career, you know, yeah. like it, just the probability yeah. that Rashid breaks the mold at this point is is getting lower. But, um, you know, wait, is Rashid only a second year guy or is he third? yeah second? All right, that does change a little bit. I was thinking he was in his third year, but I'd still prefer Mims, but it, it is close.
1: Yeah, no, he's – uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that's kind of the perfect range too. I mean, I think Rashid we might as well just throw him in here. Maybe maybe try to get him too as he had a really really great uh, beginning of the season uh, and it's kind of slowed down, especially now with this injury. But either way, definitely Marvin Mims, a great target. Mine here is Jamison Williams. I had a different name down here, but I decided seeing the other names that came in to bring it within kind of a similar range uh, as I was going to talk about Andre Iosivas, who I think could be interesting. Uh, but Jamison Williams, uh, who right now is sitting at the wide receiver 53. I mean, it's just a player I like a lot. And despite not seeing a lot of targets, especially really all year since returning from suspension, he's still producing. I mean, he's scoring touchdowns, he's getting designed plays. And what I like the most about Jamison Williams is he clearly has his head in the right space right now. I think that was the big question mark coming out of the suspension is if he was a knucklehead. And I just don't see him being a knucklehead. He is right now one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league. We see him sprinting downfield to clear up space for David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs play after play after play. I see a comment here from Anthony talking about how fast he looked on his reverse last week. I mean, he gets that rushing touchdown. I think that this is a player right now where you see these gadgety usages and you see these sparks. I just think that it can only get better. We have Josh Reynolds, for example, who's one of Jared Goff's favorite targets. His contract expires after this season. Kalief Raymond, since Jamison Williams has returned, has been rendered to basically nothing. We had the big question mark with Donovan Peoples-Jones. He was signed. He has not been utilized really at all. So, of course, there's still going to be target you know, uh, problems when you talk about Sam Laporta, when you talk about Amon Ross-St. Brown, when you talk about what Jameer Gibbs needs to get in the receiving game, But still, the explosiveness, the speed, the tenacity, the everything that Jamison Williams is bringing to the Lions play by play by play by play. I just really see that this player has such a bright future ahead of him. And right now, using some players, some ones that you mentioned, Jerome Ford, Jahan Dotson, Tyler Lockett, DeMario Douglas, Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis, Kendra Miller, Jonathan Mingo, Khalil Shakir, Romeo Dubs, and of course, the bust man himself, Quentin Johnston, all of those players within his range, and I think Jamison Williams just has so much more ceiling than any of those guys going forward. I know that this is a, a hot topic that not many agree with, especially on the JMO front. But I did want to ask you, Matt, if you had anything you felt about this guy.
2: Yeah, I'm not. Nope. Gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> rain nope. on your parade too much. I that's just, fine. That's fine. I, I'm, out, I'm out on Jamison Williams. No, but- that's fair. I do, I do recognize the pro argument and I understand it. I am, I'm yeah. just not on that side. I get it. I get it. I get it.
1: I love, I, I just like myself some JMO. I like attaching myself to good offenses. I think this is a, a cheap way, way to out. find yourself into that lions offense with some explosiveness. I mean, it's going to be hard to, you know, pull the trigger on him, but I mean, we've seen players of his mold break into that. Okay. This guy can start every single week. Brandon cooks, Marquise Brown, Tyler Lockett. Gabe Davis, even this season, had a stretch there where he was awesome. But I think Jamison Williams is even better than him, so I am targeting him in some trades. Yeah, I mean, if his
2: if his price is pop Douglas, I mean, I'll I'll take Jamison Williams on my team as much as I don't like him. So like, if the price is there, then I I'm I'm willing to buy. I just don't think he's gonna ever you know break the mold. That's fair. I mean, look, I mean, he hasn't
0: had.
1: I mean, he had one reception last week. I think two the week before, and maybe two the week before that as well. So it's not like the volume is really there. But he's still getting you at least seven points per game over the last few weeks, which I think is a nice floor for a guy who is this cheap with so much ceiling going forward. So I'll remind everyone here some bargains that are bargains now that won't be in the future. Jamison Williams, Marvin Mims, and Antonio Gibson, whose contract is expiring, will either land in the Commanders with a new head coach as Ron Rivera is definitely not there anymore, or will find himself in a different situation next season. Matt, I think we've done it. I we think, did it. <laughs> I think we've done it. We went through every single we category. We went through all the trades, every that possible was, trade. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. It's a fun little show here. I did want to really quickly go through the chat as I saw a few questions just get thrown in. Not too many here. going to scroll back up to the top. Uh, would ooh, Let's see. Uh, this is a start question. We're not going to answer a start question. I know I saw a trade question somewhere. Dead air. Dead air.
2: <laughs> Got to get rid of this. Good radio. Air. This is good radio.
1: No. I saw uh, trade questions. Three, Where did no. they go? You know, just people agreeing with us. We did too good in this show. Matt. Uh, Lots of agreeance here in the chat. Good. All right. Yeah. No, I don't actually, I don't see any trade questions. I thought I saw some, but I, but I didn't. So. Uh, Matt, I'm just going to throw it to you, man. Where can the people find you? What are you working on? Uh, and how are you doing? Oh, here we go. The there it is. Mike Evans. There we go. <laughs> um, the 109 or Mike Evans. That's a tough one.
2: I would prefer to make that decision like while 109 was on the clock. <laughs> I would like to know okay. exactly who I'm getting for that. But I think there are players that I would consider. And there are, I. It's tough to answer that without landing spots. So until all of that uncertainty is shake shakes out, I think I lean Mike Evans. But yeah, I'm with you there. After the after the draft is over and everything, I'm sure I'm probably gonna flip to the one nine side because I'm gonna be hyped on somebody.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there, which is just a great point to mention right now, guys. If you're debating sending away your trade picks, like you're even questioning it, like yeah, I might want my draft pick. Remember how much those draft picks can be worth on draft day. It is just it's a different hype. People want to make those rookie picks. You can get a lot more value on that day and I'm with you 100%. If I'm on the clock with the 109, I'm not feeling great. I would send it for Mike Evans. Or if I have Mike Evans and the person at 109 is on the clock and there's someone I want there, I would send away Mike Evans, which is just again, brings home the point in that, you know, you can get some nice value on draft night for your picks. Now we've done it. Now we've, <laughs> now we've talked about the trades. So Matt Babbage, where can the people find you and what are you working on?
2: All right. So you can find me on Twitter at Babbage underscore Matt 10 for any audio listeners. That is B-A-B-I-C-H underscore M-A-T-T one zero. I make it easy on you. All right. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter there. Tweet about a lot of stuff, sports and non-sports related, but uh, feel free to, you know, Hit the hit the DMs or anything with any fantasy football questions. So always happy to help out. But uh and then other than that, you can find my weekly articles on playerprofiler slash articles. There's me and so many other great art uh great authors like Mr. Ed DeLauder does yes. our area does our air yards index every week. So go check that out on playerprofiler.com slash articles. And you can find my weekly article, everything you need to know about the week week. 14 this week yeah week 14 man it's crazy it's, it's insane i just don't even it's already like there <laughs> so everything you need to know week 14 will drop friday morning at 9 a.m central time and you can find that every friday you can find my author page on playerprofile.com sift so if there's some of my other work yeah. and you can find seth Wald. YouTube uh player profilers, YouTube manager and lead and you know czar of editing, yes. editing czar. And, I and years, whatever else he's I asked to do, right? Yeah, I mean he he's a journeyman, he's he's uh he's a man of many of many hats. Mm-hmm. Uh Seth Dewald, my co-host for the Dynasty Roundtable Podcast and the creator of the Dynasty Roundtable Podcast. You can find the two of us every other Wednesday. So this exact same time slot, 7 p.m. Central on the player profiler YouTube.
1: Yes, definitely make sure you tune into the roundtable. If you like trade, guys, you'll definitely love the roundtable. And conveniently enough, it's on the same time every single week. So just go ahead on your calendars, mark down 8 p.m. Eastern, the real time zone, the real time zone, (laughs) 8 p.m. Eastern. Every single Wednesday, you can find great Dynasty content uh, from both of us here at the Trade Gods and then, of course, over at the Dynasty Roundtable. If you liked me, you can find me, of course, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on the Player Profiler, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, doing Wake and Take as we break down the news of the day. And you can find Maddie Keewoom, who's normally here with the Trade Gods. You can find him on Saturdays at 12 p.m. Eastern on the Game Plan, which will give you everything you need to know to win your week. Make sure you tune into that on Saturday. And then, of course, follow Player Profiler on all the social media platforms like and subscribe to this video and channel as we work very hard to bring out great content to you season long off season long or the dynasty in season long as we love to call it but thank you all so much for tuning in we're signing off now this was the trade gods with jason Allwine and matt babich y'all have a fantastic evening peace